give them the address, tell them what's going on. And they say, hey, where are you at? Are you in the house? This this guy has guns in the house. We know who this guy is. He's got guns in his house. You need to be careful and you probably should get out of there. Welcome back to the How To Real Estate Podcast. We are your host. This is Jeremy Smith and I am Kyle Lindsay. And we're going to take a small departure from our, our normal type of podcast here where we normally give you tips, tricks, advice, tactics on how to be a fantastic real estate agent. We've had a lot of people send in some questions to us about some of our past experiences in real estate. We thought it'd be fun to take a minute um, and each of us answer the questions with a story of our own and kind of, kind of, you know, tell those. So I am excited to get into some of our, our past here and some of our stories and in real estate. So Jeremy, let's, let's kick off a little, just a little bit of history here. How long have you been in real estate? So this is actually round two for me. I got into real estate originally in 2003, and then I got out about 2006, probably for two of those three years, I was a part-time agent. Mm -hmm. um, then I left the job I was at and I did it full-time for about a year before I um, got hired on with the railroad because I sucked. I always say the market sucked, but no, some yeah. people made it and I didn't, so right. I sucked. But anyway, then got back in in 2000, got licensed in 15, started working in 16. We're in 2003. So what's that? Seven years? Mm -hmm. Seven years. What about you? So I got into real estate. I'm not even remembering the year, probably about nine, 10 years ago um, at, through rentals. So I always knew that I wanted to be a real estate investor and I got my first rental around that time. And then a few years later, I bought my second rental and the agent that helped me was I found him through Bigger Pockets, which is a real estate investing website. We talk shop a lot. And I decided at that point, like I really just enjoyed the, the world of real estate. So I thought I was going to get my license, become an investor with a license. Lo and behold, you find out once you get your license, how expensive it is. No kidding. Um, and, you know, just along the, the way, I was a part-time agent for a few years and then decided, you know what? I just really want to do this full time and be rep represent people and help them through their transactions all the while finding more investment opportunities for myself. So I've been a full-time agent for the last three, four years and um, doing well. Kyle and I, we have a lot of transactions closed. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of stories. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of stories on things that we've experienced and uh, craziness that we're going we're gonna to share with you guys today. So we got some questions. Yeah. Right. We Thank you for sending those in to us. <laughs> God damn it, I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> we guys have questions sent in yeah. Yeah, by by some some fans and some listeners and subscribers of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So uh Yeah, so if you want to see maybe in a future episode we do like this, some of your questions get answered, just send them to the the how to real estate podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Um the email address will be in the description below. Yeah, and you can comment the questions here below too if you mm -hmm. want to. But the important thing is to subscribe, follow, and like and share and hit the bell so you get notifications. And hear more of this craziness because we're, we're about to bring it. Do you want to ask the first question or do you want me to ask it? I'll ask the first question. So okay. this comes from Taylor in Kansas City. Um, what is the craziest client you've ever had to deal with? Oh, craziest client. Dude, I've got a, I've got a crazy one. There was this client. That, so I, I did a lot of prospecting on expired listings. Mm -hmm. And I one morning was doing prospecting and talked to a guy and set up a, an appointment out in a town called Frisco not too far from here, about a 35 minute drive or so mm -hmm. from where we're at. So the guy's property had expired, went over there and uh, ended up getting the listing. The The way we had to do the listing appointment was very different. It mm -hmm. wasn't like there was no table, like the house was a mess. The poor guy was going through a lot. So he had broken off 
some keys inside of the locks. So previous resident could not get back in, mm -hmm. right? So I was like, hey, let's clean up the property. We'll do professional photos and I'll change these locks out for you because he didn't have any money to do it. So a beautiful house too. And it's a big house, but it was an absolute disaster. So I go over there that morning and I knock on the door and nobody's answering, mm -hmm. right? And I had confirmed with them the day before that mm -hmm. I was going to be there. So knocked on the door, nobody answered. I knew that like, sometimes he left that back door open. Mm -hmm. So I went back there just to like, see if it was open. It wasn't, it was locked. So I'm like, okay, well, he's here. So I go back around to the front. And when I get to the front, he's in the window next to the door, just staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> and his hair was like, like he had just woken up, right? Mm -hmm. He had bedhead galore. Right, right. He's got this blank stare too. It wasn't just like, hey, I'm looking out the window to see who's there. It was like a really like, what they call it, a thousand yard stare, Yeah. right? The guy was just staring at me. So I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? Nick, I'm here to change your locks. You mm -hmm. know, remember me? And he opens the door and he's in like little gym shorts. Awkward, but okay. <laughs> he's, in, he's in little gym shorts. And then he he reveals something that's in his hand. And he, he's got a cup. You know those cups that, like, when you go to the doctor, the hospital, like, they have the big clear oh, cups. yeah, you have the screw-on lids. and Yeah, and they've got, like, measurements on <laughs> yes. the side, however many milliliters <laughs> or ounces or whatever. So he's got one of those, and it's full of water. So he's nev he never took his eyes off me. The guy's mm -hmm. just staring at me, this thousand-yard stare the whole time. He opens the door. I'm like, hey, man, it's me. I'm here to change your locks. Do you mm -hmm. remember me? And while he's staring at me, never breaks eye contact, he, he like extends his arm with his cup in it and just violently dumps the water out on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> As he's staring at me, like it was so disrespectful. Right? <laughs> he just like dumps the water out. I'm like- Dump the water out disrespectfully. <laughs> yeah, so disrespectfully, man, it was bad. And so I'm like, all right, dude, do you want me to take pictures and change these logs? Because actually, no, I wasn't going to do professional photos because the house was such a wreck. I was just going to use my cell phone, and, right. you know, which I don't like to do, but there were parts of the house that I could get away with it. Mm -hmm. So he lets me in. He goes, yeah, come in. you know. And then he turns around and walks off to the couch, and we get into the house, and it's got high-vaulted ceilings and, mm -hmm. and wood floors. And the kitchen was a mess. He did absolutely nothing that he said he was going to do. Mm -hmm. So here I am trying to clean up the kitchen so I could take a decent photo and put stuff in the dishwasher and cabinets, like mm -hmm. just really trying to clean up. And I'm doing that for maybe three or four minutes. And then all of a sudden, this guy starts screaming and crying, wailing. No, no, no. Nah. I'm like, what is going on? Like my initial reaction was to get the hell out of there. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, well, what What if this guy needs help? Like what's going on with him? He's doing this. And then he started saying, no, don't hurt me. And he's looking at me while he's screaming this <laughs> on his couch. No, don't hurt me. No, don't hurt me. I'm like, dude, what is going on? I'm here to change your locks, bro. I'm not here to hurt you at all. So then he gets up and he goes into his bedroom which was like on the other side of the 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 wall the TV was on in the living mm -hmm. area. So it wasn't far, just right around the corner in the hall, walks around, goes in his bed. And he's like, like I could tell he was having a hard time breathing. Well, at least it sounded like mm -hmm. that. So I ask him, I'm like, hey, do you need me to call an ambulance for you? And he was like, yeah, call the ambulance. And then I kind of look into the room and he's got a bottle of vodka mm -hmm. and he's drinking this vodka in between gasping for air. So sad, dude. Mm -hmm. So sad to see. 
And so I call 911, give them the address, tell them what's going on. And they say, hey, where are you at? Are you in the house? This this guy has guns in the house. We know who this guy is. He's got guns in his house. You, you need to be careful and you probably should get out of there. And I'm like, okay, well, if I leave, then the cops come in here. They don't know where the guy's at. He doesn't know they're coming in. Like, right. would that create a worse situation? I'm talking to him as I'm on the phone with the 911 operator. And in Texas, you know, there's a thing here, thank God, where we can conceal carry guns mm -hmm. with a license back then. Now you don't need one, but I was concealed carrying. I asked him, I said, hey, man, the ambulance is on the way, but they're telling me that you have guns in the house. And this dude, like mid-scream, stops, looks at me, and goes, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, hell no. Like, maybe I should get the hell out of here. Yeah, right. And I'm like, dude. So that at that moment, I pulled out my gun. He didn't know it because I was like kind of behind the wall. So he, I just had it in my right hand and, and my right hand was not visible to him. And I said, okay, well, don't reach for it, but where is it at? He's like, I'm not going to tell you where it's at. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But don't get off your bed then. Like, just stay right there. They're coming to help you. Mm -hmm. And then he starts screaming again, screaming and crying. The cops get there. They go in and clear the room and make sure he doesn't have any guns with them. And then take him out on a stretcher. Mm, that's nuts, dude. Yeah. And I you changed the locks. <laughs> I took the listing photos and sold it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I took the listing photos. I changed the locks. Didn't sell. Oh, uh, well, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Come to find out, come to find out that he was uh, diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm. He was an alcoholic. He was going through a divorce. He was off his meds. Oof. Yeah. combination. Dude, it was bad. And I feel so bad for the guy, mm. man. And, and I was like, Asking his mom, why didn't you tell me this? Right? Because <laughs> we had talked before. I'm like, you should have given me a heads up. Like, <laughs> no you put joke. me in a, and him in a really bad situation. Yeah, no joke. Yeah. So that was that, that was a crazy one, man. It had my heart beating. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd never pull the gun out on anybody, let alone a client. Right, right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that that is my crazy client story. So that yours tops mine. My, my best one is probably is one that I actually never turned into a client, but I went to a listing appointment. It was actually this year. Um, you know exactly who I'm talking yeah. about. So I get, I, I, this is a sign call from one of our other listings. That's only like a street over from here. And she's thinking about selling our house and I get there and we sit down and I'm going to start, you know, through the normal listing stuff. I'm talking to her about her expectations and what she wants to get out of the sale. And I'm asking her questions about the house, just trying to really get a good baseline and to build a rapport with her. And uh, it, the lady that is actually the owner of the house, she's in her late 80s, almost 90, and her daughter is there who lives with her in her 60s. I'm talking to her, and she started, then she says, oh, well, I, I almost had the house sold recently. And I was like, oh, okay, were you talking to another agent? She goes, no, it's the guy behind the house. I was like, oh, is he interested in the house? Maybe we could talk to him and work an off-market deal. And she goes, uh, what, well, he likes to sneak in at night and try to sell the house. What? And I just stopped <laughs> and I was like, uh, excuse me. And she's like, yeah. So he likes to come in through the window and try to sell my house. And he's had some people here. He brings his daughter with him. Um, and then he's trying to sell my house out from underneath me. Dude. And I was like looking at her and I like looked over at her daughter, like, like for some help here. I like what's, me, yeah. what's happening? <laughs> like what is happening right now? And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so tell me a little bit more about that. And she's like, oh, well, yeah, it normally happens when I'm home alone. I'll be sleeping in my chair or something. I'll wake up and he'll just be standing there. And, but then when I go to turn a light on, he's gone. 
Oh, damn. And I was just like, uh, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And he comes in here, he'll bring people by. He almost had it sold once, but it didn't go through. Um, and, you know, he's trying to move his son here and wants to buy the house for him. Um, and all the, and it was just like, it just went on and on. It was just this, this person who was coming into our house, but not leaving any trace, even if the doors are locked, when the lights come on, she's gone. And I didn't want to even ask this question, but I was like, well, what makes you think if you sell the house a movie, he's not going to follow you. Right. Cause this doesn't sound like a neighbor. It sounds like a ghost. <laughs> and as I was leaving, I said, I asked her daughter like, Hey, can I have a few words with the outside real quick? And she was just like, no, like shut the door. So I got the impression that like the, this, her mom has done this before. And so like, wow. I tried to follow up with her daughter a few times because we had her phone number. That's how we actually set the whole thing up. It's through her daughter. Ghosted me. Get it? Get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she ghosted me. She ghosted And you. I would, didn't respond to anything. I was actually, a couple of my texts were like, hey, I'm really concerned about your mom. Like she was showing signs of like not being all there. You know, like I don't think she could even actually sign a listing agreement. I don't think she's in her right mind. Yeah. Like, are you, you know, whatever. And I was trying to go into that route with her and it was just, it just wasn't happening. Dude. Yeah. Just, that's, that's crazy. It was crazy. Just hearing this woman look you straight in the, I mean, kind of like the guy was looking at you with the, it wasn't quite the thousand yard stare, but she looked me straight in the eye and told me a man came in through her window every night. So she believed And it. tried to sell her house. Yeah. She believed it. Yeah. That's what was crazy to me is I didn't want to like upset her anymore. Yeah. Call her a liar. Right. Right. Just, you know, right. Like, like that doesn't happen. What are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> They're not coming in lady. Yeah. So anyway, that's, it was crazy. That is nuts, man. And and I'm curious, you guys, what are your crazy stories? Yeah. Hit us up in the comments. I know you got one that tops both of ours. There's a lot of crazy people out there. Right. Uh, you want to ask the next next question? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Next question. So this- Who's, this, Who sent that in? This question comes from Bruce Springsteen. What is the most you've ever sold a home over the original asking price when that was going down? Man, yeah. So back in 2021, back in the good old days- when a yeah. house would sell within eight hours of listing and probably actually more like eight minutes. I, I had a, fr a fr old friend that I met in Lubbock um, when I was, went to school there and I'd helped him buy a house when he moved back to DFW. And then a few years later, he's moving back to Lubbock for another job. So luckily mm -hmm. he'd been in the house for a few years, but he, he was, he bought when the market was a little slower and I got him a great deal in the house. And then a few years later, the market was crazy in 2021. I was able to list his house at a price that I knew it would sell for. And it started in the winning bid going towards the end of the weekend where we asked for highest and best was about 60 grand over the list price. Wow. And I sent some emails out to all the, the top four or five emails. I sent it to everyone, but I was really targeting the top four or five. I said, Hey, look, we have four or five fantastic offers. No one has been the clear winner yet. Um, even though we had one that was more in price, but their terms weren't quite as good. Um, but I said, Hey, we have four really great offers. Here are the best terms, you know, highest and best by this point. And that agent that had the most called me. I was like, and she was like, Hey, look, what do I need to do? And I was like, look, I need to give, uh, I said, you guys have a fantastic price. You've, you've given us a really good price, uh, as far as what you're asking for. But if you could fix these terms, that would be great. And she said, well, do we need to up our price anymore? I was like, look, I can't tell you the exact amount. I was like, but it couldn't hurt. That's how I left it. Yeah. They upped it another $11,000. So they were already our highest by five. Now that they're highest by 16 and they upped just all the terms. So I ended up getting him $76,000 or $71,000 over his list price. And when I told him the story about getting another $11,000 over what they had even had before, um, he bought me a $1,000 bottle of whiskey as a closing gift for me. Damn. Yeah. That's nice. It was one of the nicest whiskeys I've ever had. I bet. <laughs> thousand bucks better be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, I, I, if I remember correctly, I think it was 80. 
Mm-hmm. But I got 105 in my head. I know something, but that may have been one of my buyers. 80 was in Trophy Club. It was like at the very beginning of all this craziness. Mm-hmm. It was such a like a big difference between number one and number two. Yeah. Like I think they like they came in, I think 60,000 over. And then number two was like 20 grand over, but we still call for best and final. Mm-hmm. And then 60 grand over up there is to 80. Yeah. And then they were like $60,000 above the next one. Man. And we went with it, right? But I feel so bad because I'm like, (laughs) dude, if you guys only knew, like, you didn't need to change it. But I can't tell them that. Right. right. You know, that was a weird time. It was super weird, man. Like, yeah, you felt a little weird. Like, it was one of those things, like, I'm doing what's best for my client. Yeah. But you feel a little little dirty doing it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, You feel like you're asking for more. No, give me more. No, give me more. Oh, give me more. It really developed a lot. I would say my negotiation skills went up like, I don't know if a number to quantify. I was trying to think of something in my head, but they went up significantly that year because as a buyer's agent, trying to protect your client became ridiculously hard. Yeah. And trying to get any information on the listing agents that we're talking about because it's not always in their best interest. But man, my negotiation tactics and skills that year to find out those, those details like, hey, so I know we have a great price, like, you know. What can I do with my terms to make this the best? Yeah. And like this, this, and this. And I, and, and if we did the, and this is when before I even knew that exactly what to say, I would say, if we did this, or would you accept the offer? Right. And that's when they'd be like, well, and like, okay, is it a price thing? Yeah. And then maybe they were lying to me, but you know, you do your best. Right. Um, and I'd like to think most of the time I didn't do the bid against myself and go 20 over when I was already 40 over. I know. Thing, so I know. You just <laughs> never knew. Yeah. There's just no way to know. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, I've had so many clients that had to do that, you know, yeah. bid over themselves, you know, yeah. it's, uh, I hate it. Yeah. All right. So that's our biggest over ask. And I know there's folks, I heard about a lady in, in San Diego County that I think it was like 400,000 over. Oh, yeah. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Lady, if you're listening, chime in. Let <laughs> us know. Well, the one I, I got the 71,000 over, that was the list price was 360. So it was. That's significant. Like when you look near, at percentage. It was dang near a 30%. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was crazy. Crazy anyway. times. And that's why buyers are taking out on sellers now. Yes. All right. We got question number three. Who sent that one in? Um, all right. So this one is from another famous Bruce. Um, Bruce L. He sends in. Um, what is the worst agent you've ever had to deal with? I have a feeling that Bruce L would have kicked this agent's ass. <laughs> <laughs> or give him the, the five finger death punch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one inch punch. Yeah. The one inch punch. He must have sent this question in a long ass time ago too. <laughs> <laughs> He's had it in his inbox. <laughs> scheduled descent. <laughs> I love you, Bruce. <laughs> That's real. Yeah. All right. So worst agent that you've ever dealt with. Should I say her name? No, Probably not, huh? No, no. It starts with a C and ends with Laudia. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say it. starts with a C and rhymes with punt. <laughs> that was her middle name. So... Working this deal, it was a referral. It was a listing, mm-hmm. uh, referral from another client, and the lady was awesome. Like they were moving to Joshua from like Arlington or mm-hmm. something. We got their home under contract, and the agent clearly did not know what she was doing, but she was super aggressive, mm-hmm. like super aggressive. Like 
she was overcompensating, I think, for her lack of knowledge and trying to just be mean and aggressive. Mm-hmm. So conversations with her were like daunting. Like she didn't get it, didn't understand simple contract stuff. Like it was, I'm trying to educate her. She's pushing back on everything I say because she's got to be right, right, you know? So she just made like the whole experience difficult. But what really makes her the worst agent I have ever dealt with is some of the backhanded stuff that she did. And I never turned her into to Trek. And I should have, really should have. The thing that stood out the most about this woman is there's inspections going on at the house, like every mm-hmm. transaction does have, right? And so they did the inspections. They asked for the moon and the stars, and we shot that down. And so they wanted to have a structural inspection done. So they sent a, I think it was a foundation company. I don't even think it was a structural engineer. Mm-hmm. Sent a foundation company out there to do the inspection. And the homeowner wasn't there. She couldn't be there, but she knew what was going on with his agent and how rough the transaction had been with his agent. And so her dad decided he was going to show up. Mm-hmm. So it's a sunny day out there. I think this may have been in springtime. Uh, beautiful weather. Everybody's in good moods, you know, mm-hmm. and dad's like, yeah, daughter, I'll I'll show up to this inspection and have your mm-hmm. back, you know. And so he gets there. And when he's there... He pulls up and he sees the agent and he sees somebody else, right? right, Who's thought to be an inspector will later find out was the inspector. So they're there. Dad gets out of his car, walks up to the two and hears a conversation where the agent is pretending to be the seller and is talking to the inspector as if she's the seller Mm -hmm. and trying to get information from him. I don't remember exactly what it was, but- trying to get information from from him, right? And the dad's hearing all this and he goes, wait a minute, I'm her dad. Like, right. you're not so-and-so. Wow. And so the dad busted her lying in front of the inspector. And, and that was just one thing, man. Yeah. It, it was a nightmare transaction. We ended up getting it closed and it closed late. Mm-hmm. They, this is an agent who missed the option period deadline mm-hmm. and then tried to terminate afterwards. Like she just did so much stuff and- it was such a headache to have to deal with. And I get agents being new, but when you're new and you don't know and you're an asshole, yeah. that just compounds it. So so that's the worst one I've ever I've ever dealt with. What about you? You know, similar. It's similar because it's it's someone who didn't know what they were doing, but was hyper aggressive. And so I had a transaction, and this was actually in 2022, and it was towards the end of the frenzy. And it was, we, we started seeing the downturn in the market happen. And right as the downturn began, I got a house under contract. Now, this was a, not a great house. Um, and we priced it not over what I thought it would appraise for, but probably close to the top of what I thought it would actually get. The sellers had been seeing all the headlines about everything. And I tried to warn them like, hey, interest rates are starting to go up. Buyers are starting to cool. There's a little bit of panic in the market. We should price it well. So anyway, they, they went ahead and priced it higher than I really wanted them to. Um, and it took about three weeks and this agent brought three different buyers to the house mm. and submitted three different offers for three different buyers, different contracts too. Like it was, I mean, I don't know what she was talking to each person about, but it was weird seeing three different clients have the same agent and have three different offers come in and we chose the best one. Yeah. I, I guarantee her other clients probably didn't know that, but yeah. regardless, we accept this offer. And it's like 15, 20 grand over the asking price. It's a good, good terms. Well, partway through the contract, we find out, well, they want to switch to FHA from conventional financing to get a better interest rate. 
And I talk to my clients, I walk them through like, well, when they do that, an FHA appraiser is going to be a little tougher on the property than a conventional appraiser will. That could affect some things. And we went ahead and did it anyway because we didn't want to rock the boat. And this agent had already been, had, uh, had already, it's funny, she had made a laundry list of requests during the option period, but she did it 30 minutes before the option period expired. Mm. And I told the, the, my clients, I said, and I don't do this very often, but sometimes you just know, I say, like, look, here's the deal. She's not very good at what she's doing. And she sent this 30 minutes for the deadline. She didn't even send me a text. I only caught it because I happened to check my email. Yeah. Um, and so what we can do is just let this expire. Yeah. They, she didn't include a cancellation with it. The option period is going to expire. We don't actually have to do any of this. Yeah. And we did. And sure enough, she contacts me the next day. He's like, hey, so what are you going to do about those repairs? And I said, we're not going to do anything. She goes, well, we're going to cancel then. And I said, how? And she started cursing at me and all this stuff. You low down. It's a trick and this and that and blah, blah, blah. It's just trick. Just like blew up at me, yelling at me on the phone, just going nuts. And, you know, I, I stayed cool because in, inside I was a little, I was kind of chuckling a little bit. Yeah, uh, it would be too. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I just, I told her, I was like, look, we're not going to be complete holes about this, but you know, so we are going to do a few of those repairs that my, my sellers feel are justified, but the rest of the laundry list you can just throw out. Yeah. Well, that's a week later they switched to FHA and I told them they might be trying to do some of this trading an FHA appraiser to come in and, and demand some of the repairs. Well, sure enough, not all of them because some of the repairs were just ridiculous. The FHA appraiser came through and, and demanded a few more of the repairs. So we hired a crew. They came out. They did it. Come to find out she went out to the house with the appraiser and some of the repairs she didn't think were done as well. I found out after the fact because the appraiser didn't tell me during the transaction, but after the transaction, she chipped some of the repairs back out like some of the drywall repair and damaged it again. So he would reflag it and have us have to redo it. What? Yeah. Found out about that later. Anyway, some crazy. I didn't know this during the time. Wow. So then we, she's like, well, we're going to have to pay for the appraiser to come back out. Who's going to pay for that? You are. And I said, I told her, like, you are. You switched to an FHA appraisal. We're, we're, we're trying to get this done for you. Yeah. And again, just blowing up, cursing at me and the whole nine yards. But I did feel like, okay, we're not going to get a good, this good a deal again. Yeah. Like at this point, we're 30 days in the transaction. I'm, I'm watching the market and the market's tanking. Yeah. And I tell my clients, look, if we don't make this deal work, I don't, you're not going to just lose the 20 grand over your list price. We're probably going to have to sell under your list price. It could be a 30, $35,000 hit. Yeah. I was like, it is in your best interest just to do whatever they want at this point. Yeah. And so they paid for the, the appraisal to come back out. I ended up having to go out there and do the repairs myself on the house. Oh my God. Um, and do that. And then I met the appraiser out there. Um, she, she didn't show up to that one. Yeah. Met the guy, went through a few things. Anyway, it all worked out in the end, but man, she probably three or four different times. She called me and when something didn't go her way, just blew up cursing at me, like calling me names the whole night. I mean, she's probably the only agent I've, I've actually ever lost my cool on just towards the end of that transaction. I blew up back at her. Wow. I felt bad about it later. Cause I just don't normally do that. But man, it was just like, it was too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like she pushed you over the edge. <laughs> yeah. I what, mean, what's up with these agents? Like when they don't know what they're doing, like the way for them to lash out is to like lose their cool. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. So that's part of why I felt bad later. Cause I did lose my cool with her and put her in her place, but man, that was okay. oof, sounded it was, like she needed it. It was rough. Yeah. It was a rough <laughs> transaction. <laughs> oh, man. Well, at least you got it closed. Yeah. At least you got it closed and your clients got, uh, got a good deal from it. Yeah. Right, we got one last question. Time for one yep. more question. This question comes from a guy named Bill Clinton. <laughs> <It> says, <laughs> Bill wants to know, 
How did you get your first sale in real estate? It was from a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad impression. It depends on what your definition of is is. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So my first sale in real estate actually came from realtor.com. Did it really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when I got my license, like I, you heard earlier in the podcast, I was a part-time agent. I wasn't doing a whole lot of prospecting. You know, the whole thing, like, well, I got my license now. Why don't I have clients? Yeah. Aren't people supposed to just flock to me at this point? So they didn't? Surprisingly, I guess it was just my face at that point. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought, okay, cool. I'm, I'm making money. I have a full-time job. I'm not hurting for money. So I thought, okay, cool. I'll buy some online leads. Yeah. So I signed up for a zip code with realtor.com. Um, again, with zero training, not even understanding how I'm supposed to work these leads. Right. And so I, everyone that came in, I would just text. Yeah. I would come in, I would come in and uh, get the lead. I would text them. And eventually someone, you know, responded and I met them on a property, went and did a showing out in the boonies. So brand new agent, internet lead I've never met, didn't even speak to him on the phone, just texted him. And I met him out at a 20 acre property out like way outside of city limits. Not <laughs> Look, dangerous at all. Yeah. Looking back on it now, I'm like, what were you thinking? Not some Texas chainsaw yeah. mask or um, hills have eyes type shit. Yeah. No shit. So <laughs> But it, worked, it all worked out. I ended up turning, being a buy sell. I helped them buy 80 acres. Nice. Um, excellent people. I still talk to them to this day. Um, and yeah, I they bought that house out there and I helped them sell their house in Keller afterwards. Um, I did a 1% commission on it because I was brand new, just one of the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But it was worth Nothing it. Wrong with that. Every second of the day, it was, it was so yeah, realtor.com. I bought my first lead. Outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding. So I have a little bit of confusion on this. I know what the question means. But I can't really remember. I have one in my memory that I think was my first, mm -hmm. but I'm not 100% sure, but I call it my first. So I was watching videos on YouTube about prospecting for expireds and for sell by owners, mm -hmm. right? So I was watching these videos, two guys I was watching, um, one named Colton Lindsay, and the other was Aaron Winstein, mm -hmm. right? So I'm watching these guys on YouTube. I don't know if they still have those videos up or not. They're both coaches now, so they may have taken them down. But I'm watching their videos. And I would write out what they were saying word for word, right? So I would write it out, listen to it, pause it, write it down. So I was doing that. And then I said, okay, well, now let me start calling some for sale by owners. Mm -hmm. So I called the for sale by owner and pitched an open house for them. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, tell me more. How does it work? Do I have to pay you anything? No, you don't. So went down there, did the open house for her. Um, at the open house, I think that the house was like, She's asking 125 for it. Mm -hmm. And a lady came in with her husband and her baby, and they were being kind of rude. And she's like, Well, what if I offered you 115 or 110? I think it was. What if I offered you 110? Would you take that? And the lady was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I would take 110. You know, and the lady's like, Well, would you help us pay closing costs? Well, we could talk about that. And she's just giving money away. Mm -hmm. So the lady left, um, and we're talking. And I'm like, Hey, I just want you to know that the commission on this property is $9,000. Mm -hmm. You just gave away 15. <laughs> I can make you more money than you're going to make doing it this way. Yeah. And she was like, okay, you know, there's some other reasons too. It was, it was her mom's house and she may be listening. So if she is, love you. <laughs> um, it, it was her mom's house and her mom had passed away. And uh, her and her husband had remodeled this home. And mm -hmm. so they had some, 
emotional attachment to the home. And some people were in the home talking about some of the tiles in the kitchen that her mom had placed there on purpose. Her mom liked them. And it was emotional for her. Mm -hmm. You know, she really didn't want to hear all that negative talk and just to go into the whole process was, was a challenge for her. And one of her siblings was making it rough. So it was a lot easier for us to do it. So she hired, she hired us as my first listing for sure. We ended up getting the property sold for more than what we were asking for it. And to this day, we are still friends. That was in 2016. We're still friends. I think maybe eight or nine transactions have oh, resulted wow. from that relationship between her doing several deals mm -hmm. and um, referrals. And now she owns like two houses in Mexico. I think she's always in Mexico and she's actually just, just a good friend now, you know, awesome. it's it. So, so yeah, that one came about is just watching videos and yeah. trying something new, you know, <laughs> I mean, see if this sticks. Taking you know? action. Yeah. Taking yeah. action. Yeah. <laughs> risk go. and failure, you know, doing all the things we talked about in the last episode. Yes. Right. Human connections, connecting yeah. and that's a lasting friendship, lifelong friendship. Yeah. So if you didn't uh, listen to the last episode, go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Go check that episode out. Yeah. So that is, uh, that's it for our four questions yeah. from our surprise, uh, <laughs> secret question asked. Yeah. For some, some of our fans there. So, yeah. uh, I'd love to do this episode again. Maybe, uh, we won't wait another 25 episodes to do it, but yeah, send in some questions, yeah. whether it's comments, if that if that's your thing or email us directly either way. Love to chat with you and maybe share some more fun stories out there because real estate is full of some fun stories. Absolutely. And we'd love to hear your guys' stories yes. too. So definitely share those with us. Thank you guys again for listening all the way to the end. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel, whatever medium you're watching on, subscribe, hit like, hit the bell so you get notifications. Share this with your friends and family and keep coming back. We're here to support you guys, help you grow in any way we can. Remember, this is a changing industry. You got to change with it. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. <laughs>